Gittleman here with your First Lady of Nutrition podcast, and today I am so excited to have a true icon. I think of all of the nutritional gurus out there these days, this gentleman has sold more books than any of us combined. He is none other than Dr. Earl Mendel. Dr. Earl Mendel, I want to welcome you and tell you what an honor it is to have you with me on the podcast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. And I know that your Dr. Earl Mendel's new vitamin Bible has sold nearly 12 million copies worldwide. Is that correct? Yes. As a matter of fact, I just uh, sent in uh, the updated version. It's going to be called the uh, Vitamin Bible for the 2020s. It's the sixth revise. It's been on the, on the show for 40 years. God bless you. You certainly have longevity. You've been inducted into the California Pharmacists Association's Hall of Fame, and you've been awarded the President's Citation for Exemplary Service from Bastyr University. So you've got quite a lot of wonderful citations besides your name, but you've written a new book. Why the new book and why the title? Well, uh, first of all, I think it's never been more important to know about your uh, blood uh, than today. In fact, uh, just, uh, I think it was yesterday, that uh, they discovered that uh, people with type O blood seem to be less susceptible to uh, COVID-19, which is kind of wild. So um, our blood is, uh, I call it uh, the, uh, it's like the, the, the uh, in Venice, the, uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's, it's a life, it's a life-giving thing. We, we know very little about it. A life-giving live stream, to say the least. And the name of the book is What's in Your Blood and Why You Should Care. Who is the publisher? I think it's Square One. Square One publisher. Uh, right. The book's available in, uh, at uh, Amazon.com or your bookstore or wherever you uh, get your books. So let's unpack it a little bit. Number one, you wrote the book because you feel now more than ever it's important for people to really take themselves seriously. In other words, taking self-care is really where it's at. Immunity is everything. Do you agree? Agree? Absolutely. I'll tell you something. The immune system has never been more important than today. Uh, we know that uh, our blood contains uh, T cells and uh, killer cells and B cells and white blood cells. That uh, the first uh, the first defense that we have when a incoming pathogen or toxin comes into our bloodstream uh, is our immune system. And if our immune system is compromised or not in good shape, we're more likely to have problems. That's why the people that uh, get the COVID-19 uh, who have uh, pre uh, preconditioned uh, diseases are, are more prone to uh, not making it. That's so true. And, you know, I remember reading Rachel Carlson's Silent Spring way back in the 60s. Right. And she talked in that time about how many dangerous chemicals we were being exposed to. And this was way over 60 years ago. So how much more, how much more, I don't know if you can say how much worse, but how much more toxic is the environment now than it was 60 years ago? There's no comparison. If she was alive today, she wouldn't believe that in 2010, which is 10 odd years ago, there were 3.97 billion, that's not million, that's billion pounds of toxic chemicals were disp uh, disposed uh, in our environment. So it's so much worse than ever before uh, that, uh, that back in the 60s. Are you concerned about the glyphosates that have come into play these days? 
Absolutely. I am definitely concerned. So you got the glyphosates that we didn't have back in 1962. We also have the chemtrails. Any word about the chemtrails in your book? Listen, I'm, I feel that everything in our environment uh, is unfortunately not very conducive to being healthy. So uh, you've got to do whatever you can to bolster your immune system, to uh, eat correctly, to take the right supplements so that uh, you can overcome these problems. Um, and that's what the book is all about. It tells you how to detoxify your blood. It tells you how to uh, better uh, make your bloodstream uh, more, uh, more healthy, I guess is the best way to describe it. So you can become an invincible fortress is what I'd like to say. I mean, so that's definitely possible. And it really, it really depends upon each and every one of us. Do you talk a little bit about blood type in there as well? Yes, I do. I talk about all the different blood types. And as I mentioned, uh, type O blood seems to be more conducive uh, to decrease the risk of uh, COVID-19. So we're, we're learning more and more about the, uh, these blood types. But uh, let me say this, that the most important thing you can do is to take as good care of yourself as you do your dog, cat, automobile, road book, <laughs> and lawn. I know. That's country, so true. That's so true and so simple. I'm saying most people in this country take better care of those things than they do themselves, uh, including our, our president, who, uh, I don't know if you know, drinks 12 Diet Cokes a day. And his favorite food is a double uh, cheeseburger or something. I mean, it, it's pathetic. No wonder that the country is in such bad shape. We're, we're living to be 78 years or, uh, on the average, which is ridiculous. I mean, if you look at other countries in the world, uh, even Canada, just north of us, they're about uh, two, three years ahead. And areas like in Japan uh, could be uh, as much as uh, six, seven years longer than, than our lifespan. Very interesting. You know, I read a little bit about your book very briefly before the podcast, and there's a special year that stands out. Why is the year 1937 so important in American history? Well, unfortunately, that was the year of the so-called Marijuana Tax Act that threw uh, hemp in uh, together with it, and uh, it became illegal. So for 80-odd years, the American public has not been able to get uh, the hemp products like CBD. Now, of course, in December of 1998, uh, the Farm Bill allowed it to be uh, uh, legal. We're, we're stopping people from getting natural substances that can help to uh, with our blood, with our, uh, our respire, uh, with our breathing, with everything. And uh, now it's starting to become relevant that people are starting to look for more natural ways of overcoming problems. You know, we've talked quite a bit on our podcast. I've talked to Dr. Hyla uh, Cass. I've talked to some other experts, Stuart Titus, on the hemp CBD oil. But in your estimation, why is hemp CBD oil the kind of latest, greatest panacea for 2020 and beyond? Well, I don't think we have enough time, but uh, <laughs> if you want, you know, let's go back a hundred odd years. CBD uh, from uh, hemp, etc., was the biggest uh, natural remedy going. It was used for everything. And today we know that it can help against uh, uh, mood. It helps your mood. It helps you sleep better. Uh, it's an antioxidant. It's anti-inflammatory. And, you know, uh, interestingly enough, most of us are dying not from uh, actually uh, – diseases that are caused by infection, but by inflammatory diseases, heart disease, we think, uh, cancer, some types of cancer, 
uh, are, even Alzheimer's, we think, uh, can be of, uh, caused by this inflammatory situation. So CBD is an anti-inflammatory as well, and it has wonderful benefits that I don't think the public has heard enough about. It's still relatively new because it's only been legal for a couple of years. You know, I write about hemp seed oil in my book. I have a book that became a national bestseller, which I was very pleased about in this kind of climate called the Radical Metabolism uh, Program. And Radical Metabolism introduces hemp seed oil as the oil of choice because I'm a big believer in the right omega-6s are very healing for the cell membrane. But beyond that, I know that hemp is also very healing for the skin. Have you found that to be true for CBD yes, oil absolutely. as well? Absolutely. You can use CBD uh, externally as well uh, from hemp. Uh, it softens the skin. Uh, it's a good, uh, helps uh, healing, etc. So it has incredible benefits. And yet the public, and unfortunately, most of the medical people uh, have no knowledge about it because uh, they were not taught anything about it. I mean, I've had, uh, I've had physicians tell me, well, um, you don't need to take vitamin D if you take omega-3. I said, why? Well, omega-3 is vitamin D. I said, no, it's not. Oh, my gosh. They are completely, uh, unfortunately, ignorant. And I'm, I say that correctly, not knowledgeable about this. So it's up to the individual person to realize that um, our Twinkie Ding Dong Donut, pizza, <laughs> Pepsi, pretzel, and potato chip diet is not working very well. We are the most overweight nation in the world. And uh, when it comes to health, we're, we're way down the list. We're not a healthy nation. And we could change that all by uh, eating correctly and, and finding out uh, foods that are good for our blood, for our, for our just general health. So on that note, um, I've always written about how normal blood cell levels or blood value levels are not really normal, optimally healthy. So if you were to go and get a blood test, what would you be looking for from your expertise? Well, you're right. Uh, normal or uh, the so-called governmental, uh, it used to be called the MDR, the nation is the RDA or the daily value, is so low that it's pathetic. Uh, we should look for, of course, uh, cholesterol, uh, but there's different types of cholesterol. And cholesterol isn't that all bad. In fact, it's good cholesterol, the HDL, and the so-called bad cholesterol, the LDL. And uh, uh, the sun, uh, sun's rays, uh, actually, uh, under the skin, uh, the cholesterol that produces vitamin D. And I, I don't think anybody could uh, uh, understand how important vitamin D is. So when you're going for a blood test, I would get a vitamin D test too to make sure you're getting uh, enough vitamin D in your bloodstream. I feel it's, it's one of the best things you can do to really help uh, prevent problems. So if I, had a, if I had a history, God forbid, of heart disease that ran in the family, would there be a special panel that I would take of a complete cholesterol evaluation, maybe the HDL, the LDL, and the lipoproteins and, and so forth, and the C-reactive protein and homocysteine? Yes, absolutely. All those uh, can be checked uh, by blood tests. But uh, I think what I try to do, uh, what we try to do, uh, my uh, co-author, Gene Bruno, and I try to break down all the different uh, uh, tests. When you get a so-called C, a complete uh, blood uh, count, uh, there's uh, the, the BUN, uh, which is the uh, uh, blood, urine, uh, blood urea nitrogen, the creatinine, the uh, creatinine ratio, lamellar filtration, hepatic function, um, 
albumin, globulin, all these things. These are words that most people don't have never heard of. So when you read the, the book um, uh, that uh, what's in your blood and why you should care, it really breaks it down so you understand what's happening. Because a lot of people go to a physician, they get this blood test, and they have no idea what, what they're talking about. So, so if somebody had a history of cardiovascular risk and they had a high C-reactive protein, what would you recommend? Do you provide recommendations in the book as well for these conditions? Absolutely. I'd recommend, number one, if you smoke, stop smoking. Number two, uh, change your diets. Uh, half of our diet, uh, half of our plate should be vegetables and fruit. I don't think we could uh, emphasize that enough that the, the standard American diet is sad. It's more like pathetic. I mean, there's people that don't eat any vegetables or fruit or very little. Now I get people say, well, I eat fruit cocktail. Oh my gosh. Not it, guys. It's real fresh fruit. Here's what I tell people. When you go buy your food in the markets, et cetera, find the foods that don't have labels. Mm. You know, it's amazing the, the natural foods they don't need labels the, but if you look at the processed foods which most people buy they can have 20, 30, 40 different ingredients and half of them you can't pronounce or don't understand so when you tell people to eat certain foods when it comes to the oils your favorite oils to remedy any of these uh, elevated blood conditions what would you suggest to them you're a big believer in hemp cbd oil that i know because you've written a best-selling book also uh, olive oil, uh, olive oil uh, virgin uh, ultra virgin uh, uh, olive oil is probably the best cooking oil you could possibly get and, you know, if people say, well, how else can I use it? Instead of using butter on your bread, try dipping bread into um, olive oil. Oh, my favorite. Are you concerned about some of the uh, adulteration of the olive oils that are coming out of uh, Italy these days? Well, I think you've got to find a, uh, an olive oil that has uh, a company that's been around for a long time and it's, uh, it's pure as possible. But, you know, here's a good example. Uh, we have a couple of grandchildren. They're a little older now, but when they were younger, uh, they saw that I would uh, dip my uh, uh, bread into olive oil. They said, what are you doing? I said, try it. And now they're fanatics. <laughs> so you can, teach, you can teach good habits as well as bad habits. And unfortunately, most of us have bad habits when it comes to uh, our diet. You know, avocado oil is all the rage these days. What is your feeling about the avocado, the healthy monounsaturate? It is probably one of the, I think people should be eating uh, avocados and using avocado oil on a regular basis. It has so many benefits. It's unbelievable for your skin, for everything. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, food. So when people go in again, I'm fascinated with the blood testing. So you evaluate what the ultimately or the optimally healthy levels are. When they go in to get a glucose level, let's say the type 2 diabetes runs in the family as it does with me particularly. Are there particular blood tests that I need to ask for that my physician may not be familiar with? Well, absolutely. I mean, you want a, a blood glucose test, but uh, I think, for instance, vitamin, most of them don't even uh, look for vitamin D as, uh, in the blood, but you can do that. Uh, you, can, you can ask them for a, a complete a blood test and tell them exactly what you want. If you are uh, pre-diabetic or have diabetes in the family, um, I think a, a glucose test, uh, test would be a good idea. And what about thyroid? You know, I have many different Facebook groups, Dr. Mendel. Everybody has hypothyroid. Why do you think it's so prevalent and what would you suggest for these people? 
Well, uh, there's no doubt about it. Thyroid is uh, very common, but uh, when you do get a prescription for a thyroid, you know, I'm a pharmacist as well. Yes, so yes. You get a prescription for thyroid, it's over. I mean, you have to take thyroid for the rest of your life. So uh, look into uh, other ways uh, of uh, uh, helping your thyroid, but uh, it's, it's a good idea. To, I mean, there's uh, certain uh, symptoms. If you're sluggish uh, all the time, if you're tired all the time, uh, you can tell right away. I can look at a person and tell what kind of shape they're in just by the, uh, the skin, the texture, the, the color, etc. That's why uh, when you go for an examination, uh, the physician should look at you also, not just do a perfunctory type of uh, uh, whatever they do. So there's an awful lot of autoimmune problems. What can we look for in a blood test that might lead us to a root cause of an autoimmune condition? I mean, I'm seeing uh, Hashimoto's through the roof. I'm seeing a lot of lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and so forth. Is there any particular blood test that could show us what's going on in the system and maybe point to a root cause? Well, I think that the, uh, let's be realistic, uh, white blood cells are very important uh, here main source of see we're, we're in a let's say we're in a war all the time with organ with pathogens there's some good organisms too but you want to have more of the good soldiers than the bad guys so when you have a complete blood test you want to make sure your white blood cells t cells um killer cells are uh in good shape so that uh, an un, uh, incoming type of pathogen uh is being taken care of so you are a registered pharmacist, am I correct? A registered pharmacist. You're a master herbalist and award-winning health book author. So you've got quite a lot of wonderful background um, citations and information that, that are really outstanding. So I guess my question to you would probably be, you believe the environment may be making us sick. Number one, we're still eating very poorly, the typical sad diet, but are we getting enough oxygen? Would that be another missing link? Absolutely. Our environment, unfortunately, most of us live in uh, metropolitan areas that are polluted. And, uh, you don't always, people say, well, it looks clear. Yeah, but the pollution doesn't necessarily just uh, cause the smog, etc. There's other things as well. So uh, I'd advise people to definitely uh, to take care of themselves when it comes to pollution. For instance, we have a um, uh, in our office, in our home, we have a uh, cleansing air filter system uh, that helps. In fact, uh, if you want to be happy, it's one of my other books called The Happiness Effect. If you want to be happy, uh, get more negative ions into your system. And negative ions are found in things like uh, waterfalls. They produce negative ions. That's why people go to the ocean, because the waves produce negative ions. Mm. Fresh air, you know how your mother always told you, open up the, <laughs> open up the window and get fresh air. Well, the reason is fresh air is uh, composed mostly of negative ions. While we live in a, uh, a, a very closed uh, environment where we have mostly positive ions. I mean, you go into to new uh, buildings today, uh, they don't, you can't even open the windows anymore. It's all over. I mean, you're living in a uh, basically like a prison when it comes to. Um, Fresh air. 
Are you concerned about the enormous amount besides the indoor air pollutants, which I understand are much more predominant than what's in the outside air? Are you concerned about all the surrounding we have with EMFs and environmental sources of non-ionizing radiation from cell phones and mobile phones and smart meters? Absolutely, but I'll tell you something. Think about it. Where do you spend most of your time, indoors or outdoors? I mean, let's be realistic. The majority of people spend most of the time indoors. So these other things are just uh, add-ons. But in general, uh, make sure that your workplace, your home, um, your, even your automobile. You know, people tell me, hey, uh, I, I wonder about my automobile. Yeah, make sure that the filter on the air conditioning is changed often so that uh, you are filtering out most of the uh, negative things. I mean, go, go on a, a highway, a freeway, uh, interstate, uh, what, what do you get? You get pollution from all the automobiles coming in. It's so true. You know, I keep thinking about your very uh, in, impressive background, registered pharmacist and master herbalist. You've kind of covered the best of both worlds. You've got a foot in alternative medicine, a foot in rather conventional therapy, although you veer towards the alternative. But I'm curious to know, with all your years of experience, are there, let's say, the top three herbs that you use for most conditions that you're finding in people's blood? Yes, and as a matter of fact, I don't use the term alternative. I use the term companion. Oh, can I borrow I, that? I'm going to borrow I, that term, companion. Why should something that is uh, different be an alternative or natural? It's a companion. It works. We're not saying to uh, eliminate allopathic medicine. We're saying that maybe they should uh, think about using natural remedies, uh, for not using a, a shotgun or an elephant gun to kill a mouse. Uh, but to answer your question, here are the most important herbs that we have today. One is called turmeric. The active ingredient is curcumin. Anybody who is not taking a supplement of uh, curcumin turmeric is foolish because it's an anti-inflammatory. And once again, most of the uh, problems that are killing us are inflammatory uh, type diseases. So turmeric is number one. Number two, I would say would be garlic. Mm. And I saying, oh, terrific, I'm gonna eat garlic, I'm gonna be healthy, but I won't have any friends. Well, <laughs> get an odorless garlic uh, supplement or uh, add a little bit of uh, uh, parsley to uh, the garlic and that kills the odor. Very important. Uh, during the Second World War, they called garlic Russian penicillin because they used it for uh, wound healing, etc. Uh, and the, it's hard to put it uh, exactly down to the top three, but uh, I'd say for the blood, and this is, uh, people might not have heard of it, but um, there is a detoxifying agent in the, in the blood. It's an herb uh, that uh, works very well. Uh, and uh, it actually, it, it detoxifies the liver. It's called milk thistle. Oh, that's a popular one, milk thistle. Milk thistle is a wonderful um, detoxifier of the, of the liver. And the liver is your chemical, uh, whatever you want to call it, laboratory uh, in the blood. It, all the uh, things from the blood go to the liver. It uh, helps to break down the uh, toxins, etc. So you want to make sure your liver is as, as uh, efficient as possible. And milk thistle, I think, would be the third one. But there's there are a lot of other things, too. For instance, you can't... Um, uh, sleep, it's not really an herb, but melatonin is something that I think everybody should know about. Um, I, I recommend about three milligrams of melatonin 
that can help you sleep. Because if you don't sleep well, uh, a lot of problems occur as well. And most people are not getting enough sleep today. No, that's so true. So is there anything to look for in the turmeric, your number one herb? other than the active curcumin. So that would be number one. Does that need to be taken with black pepper, by the way? Well, it helps. To, uh, interesting you mentioned about the pepper because that helps to uh, assimilate. Turmeric uh, curcumin is not as well absorbed, uh, but when you take it with the pepper, you're going to get into the bloodstream faster. So, yes, I would recommend it. And garlic, can you take raw garlic? Is there any is there any danger in eating it raw, maybe two cloves a day, keeping people away? <laughs> you won't have any friends, uh, you know, let's be realistic. So, uh, but if you add, uh, if you add parsley uh, to it, uh, that kills it. But you can get an odorless garlic. I take a supplement of odorless garlic on a daily basis. I love it because of the sulfur, which I think is highly deficient in most people's diet. They don't recognize that sulfur is the most deficient mineral. So I, I, de I definitely applaud that. Now, when it comes to vitamins and minerals, I, I kind of want to move into one of your other best-selling books. Okay. What are the, in this day and time, when we're concerned about virus and the COVIDs that could be coming down the pike, what do we need to do vitamin and mineral wise to to protect us against virus viral uh invaders okay well let me tell you a story before i answer the question uh second world war uh the japanese bombed pearl harbor december 7th 1941 right we had to uh change our whole system we had to start to make uh, planes and guns and tanks and missiles uh, whatever and uh, uh armaments so um the whole country became uh, a, a workplace for that. And the government at the time decided that they want to keep the workers healthy because they become, they become more efficient. So they gave them all a plot of land. They call it a victory garden mm. where they could grow their own vegetables and fruit. But what people don't know is the government also at the time gave all the workers a vitamin supplement called Vitamins for Victory. Oh, I never, ever heard that before. No, no, nobody talks about that. Of course, nobody talks about it because they don't want, they don't want you to be healthy. They want you to be sick, uh, die slowly, and take a lot of drugs on the way out. I oh, jeez, that's probably very true. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm exactly Spoken right. like a pharmacist. Yes, only a pharmacist could say that. Yes. 1971, the government knew about uh, a multiple vitamin and mineral. And today it's even more important than ever. Uh, if I told you that about between, up to 95% of the people in the country are not getting enough vitamin D in, this, in their diet, magnesium, uh, vitamin C, all these, and the amount that they consider as, uh, shall we say, uh, recommended is so low that it doesn't do any good. So I think taking a multiple vitamin mineral that has a B complex, that's vitamin C uh, and uh, vitamin D, of course, and vitamin E. Uh, but today we're learning that uh, vitamin E, you don't need a lot of it, but you want the mixed tocopherol, the D-alpha uh, the, uh, and the gamma tocopherol. And here's another word that most people have not heard of, tocotrienols. It's a relative of vitamin E. Gamma tocotrienol, both of, uh, and uh, gamma tocopherol, are wonderful antioxidants. And antioxidants are the good guys that help protect you against the bad guys. They're the things that cause the rusting of, uh, in, inside of your uh, bloodstream. 
So, so very important. You know, we interviewed Dr. Barry Tan on the tocotrienol, so I know that you know what you're talking about. People don't recognize the high antioxidant value. What about vitamin A, the anti-infection vitamin? Well, uh, here's another story. I, I was brought up in uh, uh, middle uh, Midwest Canada, cold. Uh, you know, you're up in uh, Idaho. Well, this is even colder. <laughs> yes. And in the winter, um, you get up, uh, it was dark, and you go to school and you come home and it was dark. So you didn't get any sunshine at all. We were given a spoonful of fish liver oil. Ugh, it was horrible. It's a run to school faster with vitamin A and D because they knew that was the anti-infective vitamins. They knew that 80, 100 years ago. Yes. Today, it's now it's antibiotics. I mean, uh, if, if children were given uh, fish oil, fish liver oil, I think we could cut the antibiotic uh, content um, uh, by half. So we've discussed a little bit about vitamins because of your background in vitamins, and you're an expert on so many of these issues, so I want to tap into that if you don't mind. What about the minerals? Let's talk about zinc. Think zinc. What do you think about zinc? Well, you know, it's interesting you mention that because my book is called The Vitamin Bible. It should have been called The Vitamin Mineral Bible. Yes. Minerals are like the Cinderella part of the nutrition world. They don't get to play, but yet you can't make a single mineral in your body to make a couple of vitamins. Uh, zinc is so important. I mean, even uh, Dr. Fauci uh, from the NIH said that people should be taking uh, vitamin D and zinc. I, I mean, I almost fell off my chair when I heard that. It's about time we realized that. We're not getting enough of these things. A good source of oysters uh, is a source of uh, zinc. How many people eat oysters? Uh, we're not, and some of the meat, it's a, but in general, uh, taking a supplement, uh, zinc is important. Uh, magnesium, I don't think we can stress enough about magnesium. You know, if you have a heart attack and you, uh, you're taken to the hospital, the first thing they do is give you an injection of magnesium because most people are not getting enough in their diet. So why wait till you have the problem? I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Take care of yourself. Start to realize that no one is going to keep you healthy. Hey, sick? The hospital? I mean, here in the Southern California area, I see new buildings going up. I said, oh, cancer, uh, hospitals. It's bigger than ever. Sickness is a big business. Big business. It's a really big business. Do you think that, that supporting your system by detoxification, we'll get back to the blood in a moment, but are you concerned about heavy metals in the environment as well? You know, we talk about the importance of magnesium and zinc and all the minerals and vitamins. What do we do to get rid of the heavy metals like lead and aluminum and mercury? Absolutely. I'm very concerned about it. I mean, if you look at it almost, uh, they, you know, they found in the snows in northern Idaho, where you are, they found sources of, of lead. I mean, it comes from, down from the uh, from their environment. So you can, uh, to me, one of the best ways to I have a whole chapter in that on the, about detoxifying, uh, drinking clean water is a detoxifier. There's no doubt about it. Uh, there, I have a whole list of things that will help to detoxify your, your blood and help to uh, uh, get rid of those uh, heavy metals. Are you a believer in chelation therapy, Dr. Mindell? Well, I think chelation is one way. There's an oral chelation thing, and I think you should be checked by a competent uh, physician. And if, if you have a problem, it's, uh, it's definitely a way to go. So we've discussed heavy metals. Are you a believer in underlying causes like mold and parasites and fungus? 
I am a believer in anything that is detrimental to the system to overcome. And it, I mean, we're, once again, we're living in a toxic environment. Uh, Rachel uh, Carson, 62, if she was alive today, she'd say, oh my God, I mean, it was a joke back then compared to today. Uh, and what, and what, a, what a prescient title, Silent Spring. Silent Spring. Yeah, but she didn't realize that the, and they're really finding out in our ocean, the Pacific Ocean, there is a, a plastic island, I guess it's as big as oh, gosh. the state of Rhode Island, they said. And guess what? The fish are eating uh, micronized uh, plastic. plastic. And, and it's getting into our bloodstream uh, as well. So let's talk about food. We've talked about vitamins. We've talked about minerals. We've talked about detoxification, taking the proper blood tests, and how all that's connected to your new book. But what about foods? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Give me a, your typical day's breakfast, because I, I, I believe that you walk your walk. Well, here's the thing. I think, walk your talk. I think, first of all, uh, we should reverse it. Uh, breakfast should be an important meal of the day. Most people don't have any breakfast, so they just grab a, a Twinkie Ding Dong Donut uh, something or uh, have a cup of coffee at uh, one of the drive throughs uh, It should be a, a bigger... Uh, and uh, lunch, of course, is important, but the big thing is dinner. I think we overeat uh, late at night. And think about it. When do you do most of your work? Uh, most of your energy is produced during the day, not at night. We sit around, we're no longer eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We are a nation of snackers. And especially now with this COVID-19, people are sitting around and they're getting fatter and fatter because the snack foods that they're eating are very conducive to gaining weight. Most of those snack food things that you buy, I recommend eating the wrapper. <laughs> because it's higher in fiber. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pathetic. Here's a good thing to, to eat, though, um, and I've done uh, research on this. Walnuts. We never hear about walnuts. Walnuts are a wonderful food, a nut. It's not really a nut, but anyway, it's a food that helps you to decrease your appetite, and it has wonderful nutrients, and it's a good snack. because you something to chew on, uh, and uh, you'll find that uh, just a handful of walnuts, all of a sudden, you're no longer hungry. So what do you do for breakfast? Do you do a smoothie? Uh, I don't. I don't like uh, uh, that in the morning, but you can do that. Um, I usually have uh, either, I like uh, cottage cheese, I like uh, uh, peanut butter, uh, things like that on uh, whole grain bread. Not whole wheat, but whole grain. There's a difference. Uh, we're not getting enough of fiber in our diet. If you get enough fiber in your diet, all of a sudden you no longer have any problem with constipation or other things like that. So you're not necessarily a believer in these higher fat diets like the ketogenic diet for most people. Well, my feeling is this. Everyone is different. Uh, whatever works for you is fine. But uh, I don't, I'm very unusual. I don't drink coffee uh, or caffeinated beverages. Uh, I drink tea. You'll find that uh, countries in the world that drink tea live a lot longer than we do. And there's some great teas out there, uh, chamomile, uh, herbal teas that are uh, green tea. I mean, if you drink, it has a small amount of caffeine, but also has theanine, which helps to uh, basically uh, complement the, the caffeine and slow down the uh, stimulation. Uh, green tea is something that I think everybody should be drinking. 
So you're not a co- you're a, you're not a teetotaler. You're a coffee toler per se. Do you drink alcoholic beverages, pray tell? Very little. Uh, all I can tell you is the people that live the longest in the United States. Uh, it's a religion called the Seven Day Adventists. Uh, they don't smoke. They don't drink alcohol. They don't drink caffeinated beverages. They don't eat meat, red meat. I know a lot of people are going to go crazy with that one. But they do eat plant-based foods like soy foods, etc. And they live eight to ten years longer than the average American. How do you like that one? This I'm aware of. Isn't there a lot of research that was done at Loma Linda University based on their program? Yes, Loma Linda University is very high amount of Seventh-day Adventists. The, uh, uh, the island of Okinawa, which is the southern tip of Japan, they also live uh, long lives. Uh, their diet is very different than ours. They, meat to them is uh, like a condiment, very limited. But fresh fish, there's another f- uh, food that most people don't, the fatty fish, the, sa- the wild salmon. And make sure it's wild because uh, most of the salmon now is farmed. Uh, mackerel, cod, halibut, uh, bass, uh, albacore, tuna, sardines, even anchovies. Um, they're wonderful uh, fatty foods consisting of, of called omega-3 fatty acids, which we're not getting enough of. So you've been in the, the you've been in business for quite a long time. When was your first book written, Dr. Mendel? The first book was called The Vitamin Bible. It came out in December of 79. Wow. Revised six times. It's been on the market for 40 years. I'm in the business of health. I call myself a health motivator. <laughs> I want people to be motivated to take care of themselves. And it's, because if you think the government or somebody else out there is going to help you uh, with your health, you're wrong. We have, the people say we have health insurance. No, we don't. We have sickness insurance. If you're healthy, they say, get out of here. I don't have time for you. So you've, you've been in the health business as a health motivator for many, many years. I mean, you, you precede me by a good 10 years. And so my question to you is, have you seen a difference in people's um, attitudes towards health and healing, uh, the fact that they leave it to, the, to their doctors, they're more, they're more apt nowadays to take health into their own hands? What have you seen change over the, the, the decades since you've been in business? Yes, uh, I've seen a, uh, here's an example. Uh, when the first book came out, I used to do a lot of uh, what they call book tours. And I'd have to carry water with me, bottled water, because most places, well, they said, what do you mean bottled water? You know, why don't you drink out of a tap? I said, no, no, I use bottled So today it's, it's um, everyone knows about bottled water. Uh, people are uh, no more than ever before. Uh, that uh, they have to take the responsibility of their health. And it's changing. Unfortunately, uh, most people go to someone who uh, is not knowledgeable about uh, health, and it's too bad. I think we should have health practitioners um, that are paid by the government just the way you pay when you're sick. Very interesting. So it's my last question to you. Why should people buy your book, What's in Your Blood and Why You Should Care? What is the main reason that you wrote the book? Well, the main reason is to uh, basically inform people of how important that uh, bloodstream is. I mean, look at it. You change the oil in your car every three, five, ten thousand miles, whatever it is. Well, uh, we don't take very good care of the, the bloodstream uh, that is... Uh, 
important for health. I mean, if you're knowledgeable about it, I think you're going to be a lot better at taking care of it. So I want to thank you so much for being my guest. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to impart to my listening audience, Dr. Mendel? I can tell you is uh, books are available uh, on Amazon.com, bookstores. Uh, you can go right to the uh, uh, to the publisher. Uh, they have uh, they can sell the book as well. Uh, it's uh, readily available. Square One um, Publishing Publishers uh, .com. They all have. Uh, my books. Lovely. So thank you so much for being my guest. I don't think we've met you in person, but I just love meeting you, meeting you virtually. Thank you so much. I'll come up to Idaho and have one of those famous potatoes. <laughs> so I want to, you're, you're totally invited. I don't use the Idaho potatoes myself. I'm a sweet potato fanatic, but you're most, you're most, you're most welcome in any, in any potato case. Thing, but a baked potato is a wonderful food, and it's not fattening. People think it's, it's not at all. And it's delicious with olive oil. Absolutely. I was going to say that. There's a way of getting olive oil into your diet. So I'm going to thank my very illustrious guest, Dr. Earl Mendel, and thank all of you for listening to this episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I want to thank my wonderful sponsor, Unikey Health Systems, my go-to for all the best anti-aging, healthy aging, detoxification, female and male health products. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Stay well, be well, eat well. Mm -hmm.